0: You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. This podcast is brought to you by Pension. I'm your host, Jonathan Grubowski, and today we have Bob Berg on the show. The Go-Giver Influencer, a little story about a most persuasive idea, tackles the paradox of achieving what you want by focusing on the other person's interests. No, not in a way that is self-sacrificial, but rather in such a way that all parties benefit greatly. This results in both immediate and long-term success. Bob Berg speaks all over the world on topics related to The Go-Giver as well as what he calls genuine influence. While his total book sales number well over a million copies, his and Mann's, which is his co-author, original book, has sold over 850,000 copies and has spurred an international movement. Their new book, however, The Go-Giver Influencer, might just be their most important book of all. What can I say about this episode? You are in for an absolute treat. It's so good and I unfortunately only had about 30 minutes for this conversation and I wanted to pay as much respect as I possibly could to Bob's time. I've read his books, most of them are very, well, all of them are all easy reads. You can most likely start one in the beginning of an airplane uh, airplane ride and complete it by the very end. Uh, I had a ton of questions for him because of reading all his books and understanding his philosophies. Uh, and you could, you may be able to tell, but I had so many specific questions that at times it may seem that the interview is all over the place. But I wanted to make sure that I hit on all of them because I knew they would be valuable to you, the listener. Some of the highlights of this episode are when we talk about what a go-giver is and how a go-getter isn't the opposite. We also talk about the idea behind 50-50 and building a bigger pie for everybody. The And the last thing that we talk about is the inspirational ego and how to further control your ego and using your ego for good, not evil. You could check this out and more questions during the episode. Quick note, check out Bob's podcast. The links are in the show notes and also gave him a special shout out at the very end of this episode to get a glimpse of what to expect if you were to follow him, whether it's on social media, YouTube, Facebook buy his books, etc. You can kind of get an idea of what this man stands for, who he is, and how genuine he is just by listening to him speak and answer the questions. And if you do decide to follow him, you're in for a real treat because it carries over to his social followings as well. Let's get to it. Today's episode is sponsored by Penji. Are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support? Let Penji design anything you need for your business, from a logo to your marketing materials, sales sheets, social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's penji.co. P-E-N-J-I and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of pension. And now, let's get to today's episode. Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jonathan. Great to be with you. Absolutely. So before we get into the, the episode, we have to lay the foundation as to why you're a qualified
1: expert to talk about the go-giver way. Well, qualified, I'd agree. Expert, I wouldn't call myself that because I'm always learning. You know, I think as soon as we stop doing that, we're in big trouble. Uh, If qualified, it's only because this is how I've run my business and run my life for, you know, as long as I can remember. And I'm kind of an older guy now. So it's been a while that I've been doing this. but this is, you know, really what has, the, the five laws in the, the book, in the go-giver that John David Mann, my awesome co-author, and I talk about, yeah, you know, we've applied these certainly in our own individual businesses, but it's, it's more, it's not really so much about us as much as successful people have been applying these principles for, you know, since there have been market economies, I would imagine. There's nothing particularly new about any of the principles we, we share in the book, but successful people have always tapped into them either unconsciously, and hey, there's many people who just, they sort of did it unconsciously, didn't even know why they were successful or why they were, how they were doing it, and others learned it. But So these are principles that we also researched so that we could know what we were bringing you know, to our readers. So I've always heard the typical
0: word, go-getter, right? And we've all heard it. And you talk about this new, relatively new way of thinking, or at least challenging the new way of thinking. Now, I'm setting this question up in a way where I like you to speak directly to this type of person that is listening right now. And with Blind Entrepreneurship, this podcast, it's about people who are temporarily lost or blind in business and don't know what to do next in order to grow. So what can you say to the individual that is listening right now, the person that is currently struggling
1: with sales and doesn't know what to do? Mm -hmm. So first, let's look at at the term go-getter. Okay. Uh, We love go-getters. Okay. The opposite of a go-giver is not a go-getter. You know, we love go-getters. Why? Because go-getters take action. Uh, you know, you're a very successful entrepreneur, so you know this. You know, you could have that great idea for for Penji, and that's wonderful, but you had to take action on those ideas. You made some mistakes along the way, you course corrected along the way, and you've got it. So it's it's a real, it's a very profitable, well-run company. Um, but any idea, you have to have action as part of it. So we love go-getters. Go-getters take action. Now the neat thing is there's no natural division between a go getter and a go giver. Many go getters, people of action are also go givers. Go what so what is a go giver? A go giver is simply someone who understands that shifting their focus and this is the key, shifting their focus from getting to giving and when we say giving we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others, that doing so is not only a nice way of conducting business, it's, a, it's the most financially profitable way as well. So when you combine a go-giver, a person of action, or a go-getter, a person of action, with a go-giver, a person totally focused on bringing value to others, that's a very powerful com- uh, combination. The opposite of a go-giver is a go-taker that's the person who feels almost entitled, if you will, to take, take, take without having added value to the person, to the process, to the situation. Now, why are those types of people generally not sustainably successful? Because let's face it, you know, nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet. They're not going to buy from you because you need the money or because you'd like them to, or even because you're a really nice person who believes in what you do. They're going to buy from you because they believe they'll be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Yep. All right. So when we understand this, then we know that it's advantageous to be a go-giver because you're having to place your focus on bringing value to that person as they see it as being of value. So the person who's stuck right now, I would say immediately go into a shift in focus, okay? Uh, Try to, you know, try to get your mind off yourself and your challenges because that's not why people are going to buy from you, okay? Instead, ask yourself the question, how do I solve a problem in the marketplace? How do I better understand the person I'm trying to help with my product and service? How do I meet those people? How do I cultivate the relationship so that these people know that I'm on their side and that that they can benefit by doing business with me?
0: Uh, Great, great answer. And thank you so much for that transparency and, and speaking to that individual because I know that they're gonna, I hope, retrain their mind and their body. And speaking to that point, Do you find it to be difficult to retrain your mind and to think this unselfish way? And if not, how long do you think it typically takes in order for somebody to turn this idea
1: into a lifestyle? Well, it begins first with understanding. It begins with the understanding that that operating this way is the best way for you to do business. Okay, so being, if you want to say unselfish, is actually the most selfish way you can be. It just works out that way. It's, hmm. it's good. It means that to the degree you bring value to another human being, okay, you're going to prosper as well, that, right? I mean, that's the, that, yeah. that's, the, that's the essence of a free market-based exchange, right, where no one's free market, meaning no one's forced to buy from anyone else. They're both doing it because they believe they'll benefit. And so, um, you know, so people say, well, that's great, you know, focusing on the other person, but I need the money right now. And I, I need, you know, what am I supposed to do right now? I, I got I to gotta focus on myself right now. And then I can always think about this go-giver stuff later. Well, then let's look at that. Let's look at it from that premise. Okay. So you go in there, you really need the money. And so you go in to do your presentation for this person. And what are you going to do? Well, you're going to come off as someone who is just looking for their money, right? right you're going to come exactly. up as someone who's just looking, who's totally self interested. You're going to you're going to uh, be a little bit defensive when they give you an objection because hey, that this objection's standing in the way of my money, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're you're not going to listen as well, and you're going to talk too much and all those things. So, but now let's say you're the same person. You still need the money, okay? You still are self-interested, but what you're gonna do right here is you're gonna temporarily suspend this Mm self-interest. Give yourself permission to put this self-interest to the side because you know it's not gonna help you, this self-interest, okay? And go in there totally focused on bringing value to them. Now you ask the right questions so that you can discover what they need, what they want, what they desire. You know That's what selling is. Selling is is nothing more than discovering what the other person wants, needs, or desires, and helping them to get it. So you go in there asking the right questions, you listen patiently, you listen to understand. When they have a question, a concern, or an objection, you appreciate that, okay? Because you're, you're knowing that now you can help to get to the root of the actual issue. And so you can, in a very understanding, empathetic way, work together with them to see what the root source of the objection is and then be able to answer it that way once you really know what it is you can do for them now you match the benefit of your product or service with what they're looking to accomplish well are you more are are they more likely or less likely to want to buy from you right there well Mm. of course they are okay and so Once we understand that this is a more effective way of doing business, now we're ready to change and ready to retrain our our mind, retrain our brain. And at that point, now it's just a matter of, once you understand why, now it's working at it. It's making sure to catch yourself in those moments where you're putting yourself in front of the other person. Okay. And course correct. And course correct. How long does it take? I don't know how long. It's probably, you know, James Clear in his great new book called Atomic Habits, he talks about the fact that for years, people have been saying, well, it takes either 21 days or 30 days or 40 to form. a new. Really, it's a matter of repetition, how many repetitions you do. Mm-hmm. If you continue right? If you're continually uh, monitoring yourself, well, it's going to take less time if you're continually working on it really, Jonathan, it's going to take very little time, because once you see how strong this is, how much better it feels doing business this way, and how much more profitable it is, you're going to find it's it's very easy to retrain your brain.
0: So one of the hardest things that I myself have a problem with is receptivity, and I have a hard time receiving things thrown my way, even though I'm living this go-giver type of mentality, without even knowing the go-giver way. Mm -hmm. So do you feel as if that that is a typical situation where people are doing this give, 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 and then when the asks
1: come, they, they kind of stumble a little bit? Many, many people have, a, have an issue with that. First, with the asking, but also just the receiving itself, okay? Uh, sometimes asking is a matter of not really knowing how to ask for the order or how mm-hmm. to ask for something. But putting that aside, some people, even when someone wants to give something to you, you know, it's it's hard to receive. So receptivity is very important. That's the fifth law, right? And it's the final law because, you know, the others, you're looking at what you're providing, the value you're providing. But receiving is also a very important part of being a go-giver because, you know, we've got, as the mentor in the story Pindar explained to Joe, you don't just breathe out. You can't survive by just breathing out. You've also got to breathe in. We breathe mm-hmm. out carbon dioxide, but we also breathe in oxygen. And so giving and receiving, despite the messages we get from around us, because you know the world around us does not give us mixed messages about money. They give us horribly negative messages about, about money and about abundance and about prosperity and so forth. So all that garbage, it comes into us from the time we're born and it comes into us from the world around us. It's very easy to, to think there's something wrong with receiving, okay? So, and it's unconscious. We, it's not something we, we think about. So yeah, you know, the law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. And John David Mann, my co-author, and I probably receive more emails from people about the fact that that chapter helped them for the first time in their life to see, yeah, it's okay, it's a good thing to receive, providing, of course, that you've provided value and that you've earned the right to receive. That's why we say, again, money is an echo of value. Money is an echo of value. The value comes first, the focus is on the the value, focus on what you're providing others. Then you've gotta be willing to allow yourself to receive. So that's something to work on. This is why I'm constantly reading books on prosperity. I'm constantly reading blog posts, my friend Randy Gage, who probably today is the utmost authority on prosperity mm-hmm. and lived a life starting out in a very un, uh, unprosperous uh, uh, type of mindset and situation and has, has studied it and learned it and he's built a fortune, uh, but he, he, uh, both financially and also in terms of his mind. And uh, so the the uh, Randy Gage's prosperity blog and his prosperity uh, TV, YouTube channel, I watch all the time. Uh, people like David Nagel, who wrote, uh, oh, I think The Millionaire Within, if, if, uh, and I apologize for not, you know, books like that. Uh, books by uh, uh, or Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Why do I say that? Because again, we get the garbage from around us coming into our minds naturally. We've got to purposely, and consciously study abundance and receptivity. And we've got to practice. It means that when someone pays you a compliment, you say, thank you. You don't fluff it off, you know, it can be humble, but you don't go, no, 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 no. It's just, oh, thank you so much. You know, or thank you, I greatly appreciate that. But accept it, receive it. You know, when someone offers to pay for the coffee, you know, oh, thank you so much. Doesn't mean you can't pay for someone else's coffee, but just practice receiving. Okay. But yes, you're absolutely right. And uh, you know, it it tends to be the the most difficult one for people. And again, I think that's because of society's negative messaging, but we can't blame society. We can only acknowledge it and then do what we have to do to overcome that. In the book, it's, it's mentioned
0: that one of the best things that you can offer to your audience or customers is to offer your authentic self. So how can you do that if you're a SaaS company, for example, or a company that is strictly internet-based? I feel like the book does give a lot of great examples, but they're very um meeting one-on-one type of, maybe not always one-on-one, but just the conversation of me and you, uh, or. It was more in IRL, right? In real life. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That is the perfect uh, explanation, yeah, IRL. So, how, how does that apply to a SaaS company or to a business that isn't typical, you know, interpersonal
1: relationships? Well, the principle is still the same and the best SaaS companies do maintain interpersonal relationship. You can do it online. Hey, you know, I've heard people say, well, you can't on, you know, on social media, you can't really develop relationships. I'm here to tell you, yes, you can. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so a, a company who is just, you know, their communication is basically online can still um, make you feel like a million bucks can make you feel like a, a treasured customer can make sure to be responsive to you, can totally tap into the congruency of their authentic nature in terms of providing exceptional value. So yeah, it's just a matter of it's a different medium, but absolutely you can still do that. Do you feel as if, do you have any off
0: the top of your head potential examples or maybe stories of people who are taking their online business um, and doing value that could be outside of the typical thing that, Maybe you and I may be doing, which is um you sitting down and being in front of a camera, and me behind a phone on a mask. See uh, other businesses, like larger businesses,
1: being doing a good job of providing the value. Oh goodness, uh, yeah, lots of them. I mean, for every story of, of the ones that do a horrible job at it, and there are plenty of those, there are also lots of them who are doing, you know great jobs at, yeah you know i think of chewy.com which is a pet mm. you know supply retailer um yeah I, they're they're amazing yeah. you know i mean the 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 kind of service the caring that they that they provide the empathy they provide the you know the love they seem to have for your animals uh and if you're an animal lover obviously you're their target market right and, exactly and, you know they so yeah um yeah, there are plenty of companies that do it. You know, the, the the ones that do it right are the are the ones who are going to be around doing it because it's their culture. It's not it's not a technique. Yeah, there's another aspect in the book um, uh, of the the idea behind the
0: fifty fifty. Can you speak a little bit about that portion of the of the book?
1: Yeah. Well, that was just basically saying that a lot of people have and again, the, you know, the the world around us gives us this well, it's 50-50, right? So in other words, you know, it's 50-50, no more, no less, no, you know, make sure you give your 50, okay, but you get your 50. What we say is forget about 50-50, okay? Just make it 100. Mm-hmm. Your focus is 100% on bringing value to that other person. Now, that doesn't mean Okay, it's 0% back to you. No, it means that if you're creating the relationships with the right people, they're focused on you 100%. You're building a bigger pie. So 50-50 is very very limiting. (laughs) If you do it correctly, it's 100-100 and you're building a bigger pie for everyone.
0: Mm, I love that. Uh, That was one of my my favorite portions of uh, the brief segment of the book. Oh, thank you. There's something that... Uh, i always think about is i'm const I, I myself and i know a lot of other people are doing and giving and giving and a lot of things are received and you know maybe it's a sale maybe it's a, some other positive thing but i at times and i'm sure a lot of people never feel that aspect of being fulfilled in their life and, and i want to hear your take on this are we ever fulfilled or will we ever feel fulfilled? In in what regard? Well, be, because from the people that I surround myself with, I notice that there's uh, there these people that just keep going, right? They just keep going and going and going. But when when can we open ourselves up to that feeling of being fulfilled?
1: Okay, so I think in a sense we're talking about gratitude, exactly. Okay. And to me, gratitude is the trait or characteristic that makes happiness possible because you can have everything in your you can have tons and tons of blessings in your life wonderful things in your life if you're not grateful for them it's the same as not having them right you don't experience the joy or the happiness or the peace of mind of having them now so to the degree you're grateful that's the degree that you're fulfilled however as human beings we have a natural desire, it's human nature, to increase, okay? So we want more awe. We want more, in our lives, we want more joy. We want more money. We want more meaning. We want more what have you, okay? That's good. That's how human beings, uh, that's how inventions are invented and, uh, you know, why poverty is more and more eradicated every year on a global basis. It's, it's why good things happen. There's good parts about it and there's bad parts about it, right? But as human beings, we always look to increase. So you've got someone maybe who's building a huge business and you think, well, they've got enough to live on. Why don't they just retire? Why should they? They love what they're doing, Mm -hmm. right? The money is great. It's fine. But that's not why they're doing it. They're doing it because they have a need, a desire to bring value to the world or to themselves or to whomever. And so um, in that way, I'd say, well, they're not satisfied. No, they cannot be satisfied, but they can still be fulfilled. They can mm-hmm. still be grateful. Satisfied means that's it, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think it, it almost, if we say, well, how much is too much? It almost is based on a false premise that mm-hmm. it needs to be too much or there's something wrong with us. You know, it makes um, sense. Yeah. I, you know, we, by and large, I mean, as human beings, we seek meaning in our life. Yeah. A lot of times this meaning in our life is fulfilled through the work we do. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. And so, um, you know, typically it's not, a, you know, the fulfillment is in joy, it's in love, it's in um the good feeling we get, that sense of happiness, that in terms of being living congruently with our values. And, you know, I, so I I tend to look at it more that way, I, I think. And it's a
0: great way to think about it. And that's for sure. There's, um, I only have a, a little bit more time with you. So I want to make sure I'm optimizing as best as I
1: possibly <laughs> that's can. Okay. I'm enjoying um, this very much.
0: Well, I appreciate that. And so, You have an awesome podcast and you do uh, a ton of like Facebook lives uh, as well, which I'm I'm so jealous that you have this consistency in your life. Uh, I envy it, but you talked about the influential ego in one of your episodes, not too long ago. I don't know if you, if you recall the full episode, but I, before we, we close, I have one other question for you. Could you just touch briefly
1: about the influential ego? sure well you know ego we we look at in, in basically in society we tend to look when we hear the word ego it's it's a total negative okay exactly. oh what a big ego that person Wow has that person gotten away you know their ego gotten away from them and of course in that case obviously uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a negative thing mm-hmm. but the ego itself is neither good nor bad it just is the ego is the I. literally it's the I it's that part of ourself uh, that recognizes ourself as a unique individual, uh, separate from other individuals and things. I mean, that's the dictionary definition. There's nothing wrong with that. It just is what it is. Um, you know, in today's society, think, oh, are you, uh, separate from others? Aren't we all one? Per-? Well, you, you know, both. I mean, I think we're uh, on a cosmic sense. We're probably all part of one, you know, universal. I mean, I don't know, but I, I assume we probably are. Uh, you know, we know about the, the mastermind and we seem to be able to draw upon, uh, you know, others energies and different. So yeah, I think that's probably true. But in our that, that that does not in any way conflict with the fact that in our earthly existence, we operate, we live as individuals, Okay, mm-hmm. we all have our own unique needs, wants, desires, we, we all seek happiness, but we value happiness differently we're willing to do certain things and not willing to do other things we value this but we don't value that as much and we're all individuals okay Mm -hmm. and and we uh you know in in this country one of our major premises is the right to pursue happiness in our own way providing we don't infringe upon the rights of anyone else to do the same now so to the degree that we can tap into our ego our sense of self in order to bring value to others in order to also bring value to ourself by doing so all that's wonderful the ego in that case is a really positive driving force inventions are invented because of the ego inventions are you know good homes are built and this and that and more things right that's yeah. great. now when the ego control so when we control our ego and can direct it well that's a great thing however when the ego Is more influential than it should be over us right when the ego controls us now that's a negative that's a negative that's dangerous it's dangerous to ourselves and it's dangerous to those around us okay so I think we need to look at ego not as a good or bad but just as something that is the question is are we directing and in control of our ego making it work for us and for others, or is our ego in control of or overly influential on us? Absolutely. Very powerful stuff.
0: I I could talk and pick your brain for hours, but uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's an absolute honor to have you on this show. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, I do have one final question. You, you live this lifestyle, right? Uh, We all want to live this lifestyle. A lot of us do more so than others, but just because we're self-aware, we need people in our lives to hold us accountable. And throughout your social media, you constantly quote a particular person and his name is Mike Berg, which is your father. (laughs) And I see him being one of your earliest mentors. You can correct me if I'm wrong here, but how important are mentors and how do these mentors
1: help you succeed? Yeah. Well, and I was very lucky to be blessed with two great parents and, um, uh, you know, so I, 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 know I'm more fortunate than most in, in that regard. Uh, I, I think mentors, you know, even, even for those who, and I've had different mentors in different areas of my life, right? Because a mentor doesn't have to be that one person. I would say my parents and, you know, my dad, because I relate to him obviously as a man and, 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 um, he was also more sort of, uh, in the public spotlight as I am. So I was able to pick up a lot of how he dealt with people and how he was able to really kind of work with people in such a way that he could genuinely make them feel good about themselves and bring out the best in them. And, and I've been able to, you know, really tap into that that, that wisdom. And so, um, but in other areas of my life, I've had other people who I considered mentors in different ways. So. Uh, I think when we think of a mentor, we think of, you know, that one person maybe throughout a, a career or or something, but but mentorship can be multifaceted, okay? Yeah. I think it's very important because a good mentor can can help cut our learning curve by years, yep. exactly. okay? because they're sharing their experiences. They're not doing things for us, but they're guiding us, and they're... they're um, keeping us on track and they're there to answer questions and to you know so i i think that's a big thing i suggest finding men, you know finding a mentor finding mentors but i also talk about uh, as you've probably seen that a lot of people i think go about it in a way that's sort of counterproductive when they will approach someone they don't know well they might admire the person's work but they don't know them well and but they say hey would you be my mentor and the reason, not that that can't work, but it usually doesn't. Because As if it's a transaction, right? Right. And <laughs> probably that that person's been asked by a whole lot of people to be their mentor, and they don't, yeah. you know, they're not. What I would, and it's sort of like saying it's sort of um, uh, sounds like an entitlement, you know, like hey, yeah. would you pray? Would you just share with me your forty or fifty years of experience, even mm. though you don't know me, right? So I, mm-hmm. I think a better way to do it, and a very a much more effective way to do it, is you can approach that person. That that's fine. But to, to do it in a way that's more like, um, you, know, you know, I'm just starting a business or I'm, you can tell your, your, your personal situation, you know, I'm just beginning, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I know you're very, very busy. So if this is not appropriate or if you're not able, I totally understand. Uh, would it be okay if I maybe asked you one or two very specific questions? Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, when you do that, what you've done is you've created the frame of respect. You've created the frame where this person knows, you know, you're not just looking for something for nothing. You're not just, you know, uh, but instead you're being very specific and most people will, so of course, you know, sure. Not not everybody and that's okay. Not everybody's gonna, but most people will. Um, and then you ask that, you know, but make sure you research this person first so you don't ask them a question that you could have found on your own. Mm-hmm. And then what I would also do is you know send them a, a personalized thank you note, not a text, a personalized handwritten thank you note afterwards um, just a short one, just thanking them for their time, how you know valuable it was, how you look forward to putting their you know their their suggestions into action you and maybe even make a small donation to their favorite charity. It doesn't have to be a big one, and that wouldn't be expected. But if you know this person's a, an animal enthusiast, uh, but, you know, and they support the local humane society or local shelter, then make a small a small donation in their name. That will get back to them. And you're not doing it to kiss up, but you're doing it to just communicate the idea that you don't take what they did, uh, you know uh, for granted, but you want to in some way be able to, you know, to do for them or to add value to them in whatever small way you can. And there are other ways you can do things of more value to them. But the biggest thing is they don't expect that. What they expect is that you're going to be respectful of their time and of their advice and and value them that and not take it for granted. And then what happens is, you know, you can check back with that person a month later or a few weeks later, let them know what's happening. Maybe you have another question for them. And, you know, if a, if a, a mentor-protege relationship, a deep one is supposed to develop in time, it will, but it's a relationship. It's not, mm-hmm. like you said, it's not a transaction. It's a relationship and those take time to, to develop. And it might be that this person is just going to be for that one or two times. And that's not the person who's going to be your mentor you know what i'm saying but and and so i think if we do it that way the chances of finding that mentor even if you're not related to them uh is is a lot better the people that are still listening to this podcast i hope that you
0: use this episode as a subtle reminder to get your mind uh, and be self-aware in check. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for your time. Uh, can you tell everybody a little bit more about how they can reach out to you, be a part of your mission, be a part of your your vision and your journey, and potentially even buy some books uh, if they so choose to need another book on their uh, on their daily
1: ritual? <laughs> sure. Just uh, The Go-Giver without the hyphen, thegogiver.com. And if you scroll down the page, you'll see some uh, the podcast you were nice enough to mention, the Facebook live show. You can get the uh, first couple chapters of The Go-Giver to see if you like it first and then click through if you do. And you can connect with me on social media. There'll be a pop-up that will say, join The Go-Giver Way. And we have a, a page on Facebook called Go-Giver Influencers. Um, so, you know, whatever you'd like to do, uh, just visit gogiver.com and you'll see a lot of fun stuff there.
0: Well, and all the links will be in the show notes for everybody to check out. Bob, thank you again for your time. We greatly appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. You're doing great work. I appreciate all you doing. Keep it up. Thank you.
0: You've been listening to Blind Entrepreneurship brought to you by Penji. Our guest this week was Bob Berg. I mean, come on, right? Don't you think the podcast ended just a little too soon? We were just getting started, and there are so many valuable lessons. I would love to hear from you what your biggest takeaway was from this conversation. All right, listeners, I'm sending a worldwide challenge this week. I'd like you to do something you've always talked about doing, but have been making excuses as to why it hasn't been done yet. So, for example, if you told yourself, "I'm going to lose weight," well, make a plan. Or, "I want to become a morning person." Well, start going to bed early. Or what if you've wanted to do more videos? Start by creating a plan. Whatever it is, start organizing your life and make a goal to achieve that thing, whatever that thing is. And when you do, head over to tbeshow.com, drop a comment, and we will pick a random person to be featured on a future episode. You can find more about Bob at thegogiver.com, or you can just search on Amazon, Go Giver Influencer directly into the search bar to find his most recent book and all the other books that Bob has written. As for us, if you're looking for a simple, affordable, and fast turnaround graphic design solution for your business, head over to penji.co. That's P-E-N-J-I.co. And lastly, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the absolute world to us if you were to share this podcast with a friend. It's the only way that we can cure blindness in business. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Today's podcast highlight comes from Bob Berg from the Go-Giver podcast. In 2008, a little story about a powerful business idea took the business world by storm with its message that shifting our focus from getting to giving, constantly and consistently providing value to others, is not only a fulfilling way to live life and conduct business, but the most profitable way as well. On this podcast, you'll hear a ton of valuable information directly from Bob and from Bob's friends where he interviews people directly on the show. Here he is in a brief segment about cognitive dissidence.
1: Because of this, we of the human persuasion make many decisions based on very limited information. While this at times can serve us, I mean, imagine if we had to have 100% complete information about anything and everything before making a decision. We'd be paralyzed. We'd never take action. We'd never leave our homes in the morning. That part, when we correctly recognize certain patterns of life and make our decisions accordingly, that's a positive and it serves us. It's when we make these decisions based on limited information, but thinking we have enough information and the correct information, that's when it can be extremely counterproductive and have very negative results.